0: Sangin Podcast would like to appreciate everyone who has listened and watched our episode. On behalf of the podcast, we would like to encourage everyone of you to follow and subscribe to us using whichever medium you choose to listen to us. This increases our outreach and makes us bring bigger and better guests for amazing stories. Thank you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sangin Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the amazing Mr. Nana keviti He's a content creator. He's an artist. And he's with me here in Wuhan, China. Mr. Nana, you're welcome to the
0: podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. So, as I, as I, as I earlier said, we met randomly through one of your yeah. works. And now you're a guest in my works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Who is Nana Kemiti?
0: How would you describe yourself? Um, I had this question. Nana Kemiti is a young guy from Africa, West Africa to be precise, Ghana. Um, who grew up in a family of music. So I moved to China to further my education, with, like my bachelor's degree, around 2014. So that's when I decided to. Take music serious and be like do it professionally. Even though I've been doing it for so long, yeah. I am. Some people think I'm funny. Some people think um, I'm cool to hang out with. But I'm a very reserved person unless, like, I I want to open up to you. That's when you get to meet who I actually. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm intro. I'm an introvert when I have to be, and I am an extrovert when I have to be. So depending on the situation that's that presents itself that's what's going to determine who I need to be. Because I have so many characteristics, like I have so many characters in me that, you know, sometimes I'm the comedian, sometimes I'm the cool guy who is just observing. Sometimes I'm the talkative sometimes I'm just a quiet guy, you know? Yeah. And um, I love to play basketball. Sometimes I love sports. Now I'm a bit fat, so I can't really do a lot of sports. But before I could I could do, like, quite a number of spots. Um, what else? I think I'm just talking gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, in all, I would just say, Danakimiti you know, is just an amazing
1: person. Okay. Um, yeah. I come from Ghana. I have very many friends from Ghana. And it's I would consider Ghana, like, my second home, since my That's best nice. friend comes from there. Uh, but I met you through content creation, I would yeah. say. And you have this, I would say your YouTube channel. Let, let, let alone the music, which I'll come to that later. Content creation okay. and the mu- and the part that you do. Tell me about it, because I find it's more of just street life, like not street life, like street street, but just the life within us we hear in China. Yeah. Tell me about okay. it. Okay.
0: So I I just started creating content the day I met you. So like you guys are actually the first people I interviewed on my channel. Right. So, yeah. but unfortunately with you, the sound didn't, I didn't turn on the microphone. So, <laughs> so what happened was I've been wanting to like start a different YouTube channel. Right. For a very long time. Cause I'm friends. I'm a very good friend with water Right. So I've been seeing him create content, like coming up and everything. I saw him. And we met in person when, like, you know, he grew his channel to a certain extent. So content creation has been something I wanted to create for a very long time. But I just didn't know what to create. You get it? Because all the people around me that I saw, if they weren't doing story time, they were doing something like, what am I, traveling around to? And I, I didn't know if I wanted to travel, even though it's something that I would like to incorporate in my content creating someday but i didn't feel like that was my niche right so i went home then COVID happened so there was this guy that i saw his youtube channel campus with shark and then what what he was doing i was like damn i can do this this is something i will enjoy doing so all he does is, is he goes to the universities in ghana and then he interviews people like ask them random questions general knowledge you know stuff like that I enjoyed watching his channel, right? And to date, I still watch his channel. I even told him, you know what, you're my inspiration. You're the reason why I started my YouTube channel. So like, I was like, this is something I would enjoy doing, right? And I was like, you know what, let me just do it. But initially, I was like, people are going to be like, oh, because your music career died or because your music career is dead. That's what they think, because I haven't dropped music in a very long time. But I know why I haven't dropped any music yet. So I didn't, I was like, okay, that's what people are going to think. Probably because you don't have any music to put out there again. You just want to hop onto content creating or something. I was like, you know what? So I just heard about the culture festival. And funny enough, I didn't plan on going there. But when I was leaving home, I just took the microphone I got and then I took my phone. So when I got there, I saw a whole lot of people. I was like, you know what? Start creating right now. So I just spoke to a friend, the guy that was taking the video, I was like, you know what, help me take some videos. Let me see how it turns out. After taking the video, I was actually contemplating if I should edit it and drop it or not. And then a friend told me, just put it out there. You never know. So I did a trailer. I put it out there and people actually received it. Well, people loved it. They're like, oh, it's fun. Oh, it's good. This is nice. But, you know, there were a couple of discourages, um, discouragements here and there. But I'm someone that if just one person tells me, oh, I love it because I believe in just one person loving you than everyone pretending to love you. But they don't. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it out there. So after that, I just edited the video and then I started putting it out there. And funny enough, by God's grace, I always get people to interview people to talk to. You know and i think it's been quite amazing i'm i'm enjoying it and i got two people that actually helped me take my videos like they just love the channel they go with me everywhere to shoot content shout out to carla and leah so yeah that's about my content creating journey. uh
1: so i want to ask will you will you also will you be available for the african
0: Gala to make content for oh the yeah Man, I I'm about to order my suit. I'm pulling up. <laughs> yeah, because because I feel like you know in Wuhan, right? Even though we have a lot of content creators here, but I've not seen anyone doing street interviews, trying to get to get people's opinion on topics and stuff like that, right? So I think like it's something new, and this is not the first time I'm starting something new. So you know, it's it's a nice feeling to start something, and then later on, hopefully. Other people will hop on it. So, you know, for us to build a community just like we did for music. So, yeah, I'm pulling up.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Definitely, I want to take part this time, though, again.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to interview you again. Don't worry. I have a special <laughs> question for you.
1: <laughs> uh, so, the next question I want to ask Judging from your content creation journey, what do you think are the things that we Africans here in China? Have to improve with our content, just content creation. As you say, there are many doing this, this, and this, and this, but none has really gone so far mainstream. Maybe for except for your friend, Wodamaia, but we're here in yeah. China.
0: Well, actually, are actually, there are there, I know another guy, Phil. Like, we used to, we were in the same high school. He's he's also doing good. Like, hmm. he has the numbers. He pulled like 200k free um views. And all of that, and I think Mimi, Mimi is doing good, and um, Sammy, Sammy was in China before. I think she went back home. She has the numbers too. um Who else? I think so far, I, I know there are a lot. There are a lot of people out there, but there are people actually that are doing good in China. You know, like You know, like with content creating, everyone has what they are comfortable doing. You get it. There are i say i always say that no matter what you do there's someone that's going to enjoy what you do right so there are people that enjoy doing story time they just do story time and people love it they have the numbers i know people that travel around like phil for instance he travels across china go to the villages and show people what they have in the village and stuff like that and people love it he's doing amazingly well um sammy Sami had a mixture of content like she, she does story time. She goes out. She vlogs. She does workout videos, you know. And then um, Mimi also does a mystery, of of story time, vlogging, you know. So there are people out there that actually, I think you just need to find what people would love or based on your personality, right? Like I said, mm. people think I'm funny. I don't know how I am funny, but so far, so good. The only issue I have is, Trying to get people to participate because i'm a bit shy people don't know that i'm quite a shy person so like that's the only challenge i feel but aside that i think it's okay the numbers are picking up a little bit so it doesn't matter what you do i think everyone is doing good they're doing amazing and they should just be consistent with what they're doing i think they they really don't have anything to improve plus i'm not an expert i just came to join the race, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Um, let's talk to an area where I think you're most well-known for. Uh, recently, I was, I had Kwame on my podcast, that he was telling yeah. me, you're my pioneers of Afrobeat <laughs> in China. <laughs> <laughs> and when I checked your channel, I saw you're doing some good work. Um, tell me about your musical journey especially here in China,
0: how it started? Okay, so leaving Africa to China, I decided to stop doing music because, you know, most of the time we do music for fun in high school, in junior high school, right? So I had, I had before coming to China, I released a gospel song because sometimes I just drop gospel songs and but I'm more of a secular musician. So I dropped it and then I came to China. Then I met this guy, Sergio. Shout out, Sergio. He's from Madagascar. So... I met Sejo, and then he took me to their community, right? And they love music. That, that felt, that free, that, free. that free, he's a videographer, producer, he's also from Madagasta. Um, I don't even remember their names, like, it's been so long. So, he took me to their community, and then, like, we were just, you know, randomly they were playing instruments, and then I started rapping. So, Sejo, oh, you can rap, that's cool. I just played my song, and then, Dafro was like, you know what? I'm gonna shoot you a music video. It's like, okay. Then people did music in China, but they were performing other people's songs, right? Dafro and the, the other Madagascans that I knew, they were like they wrote their own songs, but I don't know if they used to perform it or not. So they shot the video, I released it, and then boom, it just blew. Because I think it was something, I don't know if it was something new or whatever it is, because I know the guys have been doing it, but then. It just went viral. Everyone started talking about it. So I started performing for Chinese, you know, performing at weddings, events, you know, my old songs and stuff like that. So one time we we used to have this um, club, Vibes. So they started organizing events, right? So they organized, they, I think their first event was an award ceremony. So I got nominated for best music video. And then, mm. yeah, so during that event, I, I was still not planning on doing music. It was just for fun. So during that event, they told me to come and perform, right? And I was like, okay. So I, I was thinking of performing my old song, and then the organizers were like, no, go and perform Saku. This song, you're not better than Saku. I was like, oh, really? So I just called a friend, Face, We used to be in the same high school, v man. He's from Zambia, Yeah, v 6 we went to the studio. No, they actually came to my room, right? I just went online, bought a beat. And then I sent it to them. I was like, "Face, we used to do music back in high school. So you know what? Just hop on it. So they came to my dorm and then we started vibing. And Visa started rap with my eyes closed, close of heart when you, I uh, and then I went like, that guy, I gotta in here, iPhone. And then we were like, okay, cool. This is a dope hook. we went to the studio that evening. We recorded and then, Yes, he's the producer, also from Madagascar. He did it for us for free. So we recorded the song, and then we dropped it a day before the event. So now, called us to come and perform. The event organizers, thank you, I'm going to perform, Sarko, yes, don't You remember, everybody saying, hallelujah, mm. hallelujah. Yeah, that's the song they wanted me to perform. Now, we got on stage, and then started, and then, funny enough, people started rapping along. People started singing along and that was it. Like the rest has been history. So since then uh-huh. we started like dropping music, we started dropping songs. So we we actually dropped songs together for a while. And then we went our separate ways because we are all individual artists, right? But they, they became a group and I went separate. So I dropped my first, I used to be a rapper. A hardcore rapper. So I got a manager. And then he was like, let's try something new Elvis classic. So he signed me to his record label classic music. That was the first record label in China to my knowledge for foreigners. So he signed me. And then he was like, let's do something different. I was like, cool. So he sent me um, Afrobeat. Before then it was even Azonto. Right. So he sent me Afrobeat. And then I heard it, I've never done anything, you know, like that. And then I listened to it over and over and over and over again. And I started, I take the girl to the one corner. I tell she'll be my one lover. But you say she gave away that oh me, I know I just wanna give oh, oh And then like we I wrote the hook together with Elvis, right? I wrote I wrote the verse. He wrote one verse for me actually. Uh, I wrote the second verse, and then I went to the studio. That day, we were recorded. He went home. he makes the mustard, everything. And then there was another event. I didn't didn't even drop the song. I just went to perform the song. And then the next minute, like, after performing, I don't stay in the club. If anyone watching me knows that, I don't like parting. So after performing, I just leave. So I left, I came home, I came to sleep. I woke up in the morning, and the song was all over WeChat. Like, videos, you know, people sending me videos. I was like, wow. So that was it. Like, that was my major hit song. And then, fast forward, um, you know, I got some sabotages here and there, because before it was just Wuhan, right? And then the gatekeepers of Wuhan, like, they put out organized parties and stuff like that. They, they cut me off because... They want they wanted me to keep performing for free, which I felt like, yeah, because I pay for studio session, or my management pay for studio session. So I didn't see why I should keep performing for free, right? So they kind of cut me off. I wasn't getting shows, nothing. I won't lie, I became depressed at a point. Like I could I could write a song, even though I had the numbers. Like I could write a song, go to the studio, I couldn't record because I felt like okay, even after recording the song, you just people just got I, I got the courage and then I recorded a song with Justin Crow. Um I read, Ala Maya, I read. And no, it was good. It was good. We dropped the music video, So that's when I had the moral back, right? So I was at home. I was watching Snapchat. Was it Snapchat? Yeah. And then I saw Bola G, my brother, like my, my homie. I saw Bola G. They, they were organizing an event with Blaise Kiwan, and he's, he was, like, he's also another musician. He left China. So I tested Bolaji, I was like, Bolaji, you know what? I want to come perform at the show. And he was like, yeah, 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 come, 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 come. Because the show was in the evening, right? So I just booked my train to Nanchan. I just left. I didn't even know what song I was going to play. I just got there, and then he helped me choose some songs. I chose one corner. I read, and then I just performed. And people loved it, funny enough. Even that performance got me a girlfriend. People loved it. So like on our way back, Balaji came back to me, uh, came back with me to Wuhan, right? We didn't get a train, like a seat on the train. So we just sat on the floor and he was like, bro, I have this Afro beat. I want you to listen to it and then tell me what you think. So he played it I was like, damn. And that was my major first Afrobeat song because one color was more of like Azonto. And this was Afrobeat, carry Go. So I heard the beat and then I just started reminiscing about this girl I was chasing. So I started, hello, what be your name? You the Roosh? the Blaze? Okay, I'll be Nana committee I'll be five feet tall, but chale, I, know the so I started like introducing myself to a woman, right? And then Balaji was like, okay, okay. And he started, he started right to the river. And then said, Please, will you tell me, yeah? I want to see you moving up your body as a yeah, girl. Can you tell me yeah? So sure got a juice, got a sauce, and she they bring it up, she they carry it go. So as soon as we got to Wuhan, we booked an appointment with Bettyo. Like he at a point he was my major producer. Like he's a brother. He's held me down on so many occasions. So he we went to the studio, we recorded the song. I remember my big brother I helped me with my dynamics for the flow and everything. And then we recorded the song. Everyone loved the song in the studio. So we dropped the song. And then there was this guy from Ghana, George. He's back home now. So George made a video with the song. And then we just posted on our WeChat and boom, the song went viral. And this time around, it wasn't just one across China and like we blew up instantly everybody was talking about and symbology and carry go so that's when i understood that they said you need just one good day to make it in life there was just one song that changed our music career in china so after we went viral we started we used to have um, there was this app i don't remember the name but it was a music app a chinese music app, music app is it pyro pyro so we started topping charts like we were number one, like almost every week. And then funny enough, these same gatekeepers didn't want to put us on any show. They're like, OK, cool. So Zach, he was the manager of A+. Plus Then he saw it was like, oh, why weren't you guys on the uh, Why didn't you guys perform for all white? At, I think that time the, the name of the club was M- M2. I don't remember. And we're like, oh, they didn't invite us like it was like, you know what, I'm coming back to China next week. When I come back, I'm going to organize a show for just the two of you guys. I thought he was joking, right? He came back to China. He called me was like Nana, I'm in China. So come to my office. So he went to his office. And was like, you know what, I want you guys to host this show. I don't know how many songs you guys can perform perform for us. I'm going to give you this amount of money. Da, 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 da. So just a couple of days. We advertised and the club was, and then we performed. Like we did about five songs. Balaji did um Balaji did two songs. I did two songs of mine, and then we did karigo together. And like it was amazing. The following week, he hosted us again. We did the same set of songs. The club was full. And then now people started booking us. Beijing, Shenyang, Jingzhou, Nanjing. Like we just started traveling across China, going from city to city, from whatever to whatever, from club to club, and that was it. So with music, I would say I am one of the people that started music in China. I would also say I actually started performing my own songs in Wuhan, and then people started, you know, keeping up. And then they start because I think before people had the talent, but they didn't have the courage to perform mm. their own songs, yeah, mm. because they weren't sure if people were gonna like it. But for me, I didn't care. I got invited to Chinese events, weddings, parties. I, I go there, perform my song. They don't know, but I make sure I move the crowd, you know. So, yeah, that's been my music journey, and yeah, it's been amazing so far.
1: Wow, wow, wow. I feel inspired though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So let me ask, um, right now, I see that there are many musicians, I would say, artists right now in China or within us here. Despite all that, why do you think Afrobeat has not taken like a step here in China yet? It's like a foothold yet. Well, I I think... Our our local Afrobeat, within us, the musicians who are producing it within China. Oh, okay. Those abroad. Why hasn't it taken like a foothold yet?
0: baby i think is because many people haven't taken their music career as a business they they just do music for fun and one thing i notice is if if you're doing something for fun people don't really take it as serious. why am i saying this when we decided to move from performing for free to turning music into a business whereby we have road manager we have management if you, you, if you want to book us for a show, you don't, you don't text me. Hey, can we I want to book you for a show. You need to go to my manager. If we are coming for a show, you need to book our flights, our hotel. You need to send our money or send a deposit, make arrangement for our road manager as well. You see, it, we were, we became professional. So people respected the crafts. You understand? So they didn't see them as, oh, they're just doing it for fun because We, Balaji and myself are the first people to organize a concert. We are the first people to launch our album. And there are people out there that will testify to that. Our first EP we did together at the sunset. You can check it out. After recording everything, we were like, you know what? Let's make a whole show out of this. We did it in two cities and it it was all massive. The turnout was great. I launched my first album in Wuhan the same thing. We've had a couple of shows that has been great. So when when you take whatever you're doing serious, if you become more professional, people will take it serious, right? Now, if I release a song, and I release it for releasing, sake, or because I just want to perform on stage, get some girls, get some alcohol, no one will take it, you get it. Yeah, it got to a point, I think after 2018, I stopped performing because people went back to, okay, if I can get him to perform for free, why should I come and pay it, to come? So yeah, so I told myself, okay, take them because you can let them come perform for you, but the quality won't be the same. And I started focusing on promoting my songs online. So I started cashing out on Apple Music, Spotify, and all these other platforms. And so today, having released any song in three years, I still cash out from that because people still listen to my old songs together. So like, it's all up to you. How you take yourself is how people are going to take you. If you take yourself serious, they'll take you serious. If you don't take yourself serious, people will come to an event. You invite them. Sorry. They'll come and perform. People will just jump, you know, just make you feel good. Probably because they are your friend or something like that. But after that, they don't even listen to us. And Mm. I think sometimes too, people don't produce quality songs, right? I'm more about the sound. If it doesn't sound right, I don't release it. So sometimes people just drop any song. And then when you play it in the club, it sounds, it's noisy, right? And something like that, no one is gonna download it on their phone to listen to it on a regular. And also if you don't produce evergreen song, people won't. Because yes, sometimes we, as musicians we have, good moments we have bad moments sometimes we, we release songs that don't really go like that right but as a musician if you have maybe 20 songs 10 or 15 of the out of the 20 should be songs people love it should be songs people enjoy you get it up to now i have go. it's one of my top songs that people stream ebu i have abena sakotosa personal you get it even personal chinese people love it i need some chinese when they tell me oh you are from Kiko, yeah. I love your song personal. So, like, if you need to produce the kind of song that even after a couple of years, people will still enjoy listening to. And why would people still enjoy listening to your song if the sound is good? It it doesn't sound old to them. We still list, We still listen to Chris Brown's old songs. We listen to Justin Bieber's old song. We listen to Um asha Basta Rhymes, Lil Wayne. All these, but we still listen to their song because it still sounds fresh, because the sound quality is good so i think people need to consider all these things before sometimes the content doesn't even have to be great but if the sound sounds right people will love it
1: wow nice nice
0: is there this issue
1: that also because many of them are students and they wouldn't want to maybe distract themselves blah blah blah, stuff like that
0: yeah well we are all students but then just do it right or go home you know because, yeah, you, I think you can balance it. When I, when I started doing music, I failed terribly. I failed most of my courses because I was traveling for shows. Sometimes, like, I would come back from a show, and they've already started the exams, I'll go sit down, right? And I failed. You get it. But as time went by, I learned how to balance. Too. And I still graduated on time. You get it. So you you need to know how to balance the two if you can't do it then just focus on one i know some people that there's this artist matu he left Wuhan. he's doing amazing right now like he's signed to a chinese rapper label doing amazing doing beautiful songs there's yannick yannick doing amazing you get it so and they they were all students they were doing music and going to school you get it so they used to be these angolan guys they were also doing music and going to school boyface was doing music and going Justin, true. The true is he's a doctor now. He was a medical student and still doing music and he was doing amazing. You get it. So I don't think that's an issue. It's all about you. Like, do you really want to do it? You get it. Bola G, one of the greatest musicians in China. He's a medical doctor. I know people like DJ Paragon and all these people. Paragon was a medical doctor when he was DJing. Like he was in medical school. Now he's a medical doctor. He's still DJing. My manager was a medical student and he was a producer and an artist manager manager he was doing good j melt engineering student, and he was producing great music you get it so i don't think that that should be a reason for not investing in your career or like you know going all in for your career if you really want to do it you just have to do it.
1: wow wow and that kind of brings me to my next question what would be your your advice to the upcoming artists here in China. Because I you see very many I'm of not,
0: them. I'm upcoming, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're not upcoming. You're not upcoming <laughs> to them who are, who are trying to find their no, feet. Or you, know,
0: you know, the reason why I call myself upcoming is because, yes, I still have the fan base. They listen to my music, right? But they are back home. Most of them are back home. So now Wuhan is like, I think Wuhan has a lot of new students just just a few um just a few are old i'm pretty sure you didn't even know i
1: no. i was old yes because
0: Kwame told me like the conversation you guys had and it's it's like that with a lot of people they think i'm new you get it so now if i'm about to start music in china here, right so now i need to start building a new you get it yeah so the advice i'll give to all of us as upcoming artists is we need to stay consistent you need to have a plan you need to invest it's very important you need to invest in your music you you sometimes we should stop the free stuff pay so that the person producing for you can wholeheartedly you know i remember when we didn't have studio we used to go to a chinese studio because we wanted good quality good sound quality so they need to invest in their craft and don't just release the song and does it. Pay for people to promote it for you, you know. Pay for promotion. If let's say we have people in China that have the numbers, pay for them to promote for you on Twitter. Pay for people to promote for you. Snapchat, you know. Pay all these influencers. And now we have TikTok, amazing place to get like the recognition you need. So I feel like people need to invest in their career and we need to take it serious. We shouldn't. Do music for the women. which shouldn't, not for the women, as in don't do music because you want to smash someone. Don't do music because you you want to feel like a star, right? Do music because you love it. Do it because you have passion for it. You get it. And after, the rest will follow. Because if if you give it your all, The result is going to be great, and when the result is great, the women will love. Instead of being music to smash or to feel big or to feel bossy and all of that, just focus, do it well, go all in, and later the rest will follow.
1: Nice, nice. I've loved that advice. Um, So, my final question to you today would be: uh, You, you started from China, and you have kind of created something from yourself. i've talked to other people also in this podcast who have also starting something from china in your opinion do you think china can be a place where african talent can be nurtured in the future
0: that's going to be hard honestly because right for me my focus was build the fan base no matter what some people go home when they go home they won't forget about you and i can show you my streaming platforms. I have people streaming songs from South Africa, Zimbabwe, places that I never imagined. And I have someone that he's always telling me, I'm always playing your songs to people. I'm always playing your songs to people. You get it. So one advice I'll give to people is build the fan base here, right? Get the people here and take them home. Let them go home with you because there is one thing that I cannot show you in China. China is never promised. You can wake up tomorrow and they'll tell you, go home. So don't, don't think you want to um try your talent here. Build it in a way that you can take it back home. Build it in a way that you can take it back. Home. When I went home, so I was home for three years. I built a couple of connects. I I got introduced to some top producers. I met a couple of musicians. All because in China I was doing good. And people saw it, you get it. So when I went home, Oh, you're home. Yeah, I want you to meet this person. Oh, you're home. Yeah, I want you to meet this person You get it. So that should be the focus, that should be the goal. Build here, connect it back home, because at the end of the day, a lot of people will go back home. Look at me now. I don't even know a lot of people back in China now. Because almost everyone went back, whatever. And you cannot build your farm base in the Chinese community, because they will love your song or whatever it is they will need they will use you when they need you but after that they're just going to drop the people your people from home if they accept you they'll accept you forever so make sure you build your fan here your fan base here and take it back up whatever you do connect it to backup or connect it to the outside world but if you focus solely on china trust me that's a point you regret wow yeah let's take let's take example yofi i know you you know yofi green he's an amazing dancer he's part of the pioneers of afrobeat dance in china right he Mm -hmm. built his fan base in china and took it home and now he's a worldwide celeb he travels to other countries to perform for them to teach dance classes teach them his choreography and all of that you get it so if he focused entirely on china and he went back home yeah because china has never promised because you can wake up tomorrow and tell you to go home so we need to see what others are doing and we learn from that what well, the maya did the same thing he started in china he took it back home now he's known worldwide you get it that's what i think people need to do that we all need to learn from that
1: indeed 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 wow wow thank you mr another committee for passing know. by I really enjoyed this conversation, especially the last part. It has been so nice. (laughs) I like that advice.